0: The Small Business Show, episode 214 for Wednesday, March 13th, 2019. And welcome to the Small Business Show here at BusinessShow.co, the show by, for, and about small business. Sponsors for this episode include AbbeyConnect.com SBS and TextExpander.com slash podcast. We'll talk in a little more detail about those shortly here. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, at least usually, I'm Dave Hamilton. And out on the West Coast, I'm Shannon Jean. How are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you?
1: I'm good. 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 I'm excited uh, to be rolling into the next episode. And, uh, yeah, I was I was saying before we started here that I've tapped, uh, you know, just about every person I've done. Well, maybe not every person, but but close friend people that I've done business with in the Apple space over the years. And today we're joined by one of those folks. Uh, and, you know, owning a, a your own business or, you know, a single business is challenging in itself. Owning multiple businesses, it can be awesome, but it's a whole nother level uh, and running. Trust me, uh, I know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's a it's a juggle. And, you know, so so being successful at that over many years and then eventually being able to sell uh, both of those businesses. It's really an accomplishment. And uh, I'm, I'm really impressed by it today with our guests. So we're joined a longtime friend of mine, business colleague, Joseph Stewart, former owner of the Mac Outlet uh, in Colorado, and felt pool and billiards. So thanks for joining us uh, today, Joseph you bet it's great to be here yeah we really appreciate it man uh yeah. we go back a long way we do uh 1990s, that, 1990s yeah well, i'm not that old so i must have uh, <laughs> <laughs> must have been like my, yeah, yeah. i must have been, yeah, been I'm sorry. like in junior high school or like <laughs> just a sorry. couple of kids yeah yeah so yeah. I, I know more about the mac outlet than i do uh, about felt so so let's start there um Tell me what what was and tell our listeners, what was the impetus for getting into the pool and bar business? And uh, how long did you own felt for?
2: Uh, I kind of fell into it. It was not really my intention to open a a pool hall um, at all. I was doing the Mac store and we had bought a building for the store and the pool hall was my tenants initially. So um, they, that was like 2009, I guess that I bought the, building they were initially very successful place they had had a previous couple locations and had you know moved into this location and were doing well for a while but then uh had been struggling um more recently and so when i got in they were you know trying various things and uh, but nothing was really you know clicking super well so my my Dreams of having a rent-paying tenant soon turned into the nightmare of of <laughs> <laughs> having a non-rent-paying tenant. Uh, so after about two years of kind of running around with with that, um, I had to, a victim, and I always kind of wanted to do a turnaround, you know, project. I kind of liked the challenge um, that that seemed to offer, and. Um felt like you know they had been successful. I thought it was a you know a good concept, good location, and just kind of observing from the outside I felt like there were some things that they were doing that um, you know could have been done a little better controlling costs and and quality and some of that sort of stuff so You know, I was faced with, well, I can get a new tenant and kind of roll the dice, you know, uh, again and see how that goes. Or, you know, they're in the same building as my other business. I I, uh, will uh, be a masochist and (laughs) take on yet another uh, project. So uh, we shut the doors for about three or four months, did some renovation and kind of cleaned house staff wise and, and. New menu and all of that stuff. I had owned a nightclub years ago for about four years. So I was kind of familiar with the bar side. Okay. Facilities. So this,
0: this wasn't your first rodeo in terms of, in terms of that. Cause that's a, I mean, that's a very difficult business to get right. Any, anything like that is, you know, it is Yeah. It,
2: it, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was a little intimidated because of the, there's also full restaurant, full kitchen. Right. And I am, I am, you know, I can make toast and cereal and that's about it. <laughs> so that part was a little, you know, I got to get some good staff in here to kind of guide the kitchen for sure. But um, yeah, the bar business, uh, you know, I kind of knew um, pretty well. I played a little bit of pool, I wasn't much of a pool player, but uh, um, can hold my own. So I uh, I thought, oh. Give it a shot. And uh, it, it worked out well, it was, you know, very, very kind of slow initially and, you know, kind of your traditional uh, growth story, just kind of every year a little better, a little better. And, and uh, so I you know, started that, I guess, 2011 and then sold it about a year nice. ago. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, and
1: that, yeah, and that it brings up a good point, you know, along this path of, uh, you know, owning businesses, when you say, you know, you, you eventually bought this building. Um, that's such a great way to maximize your investment as a, as a business owner. Um, and th- did you buy the business personally and then have the, the companies, you know, lease it from you? Or how did that work? um as far as felt you mean did i yeah yeah uh, yeah, i mean
2: more more or less just you know i kicked them out basically they owed back rents and stuff so it was like well you know you can either owe me money or i'll just kind of keep your stuff so it was it was a kind of a neat you know as a landlord you can uh you know have that sort of power and leverage and uh you know, definitely had to spend some money because they had for sure. uh, the end, it was a mess. You know, they were selling sure. off their kitchen uh, equipment uh, yeah. and, you know, so I had to and in had terms to do some things to get rid right. of.
0: In terms of the building, did you own that as a separate business so that you were protected from risk and, and then could just rent the space from yourself with the other businesses or, or was it just all all in one?
2: Yeah, three three you know separate entities yeah. there. So we had done Perfect. an SBA loan to do the building uh, purchase, which is a great program. And um, right. yeah, being the you know owning the building, you know it has its downsides too. Obviously, when stuff breaks, it's your problem. Obviously, yeah. but the you know the real estate has really been a tremendous vehicle for me to kind of further you know my my financial goals and and uh, you just whether it's owning houses or. Or the building, so it, um, as all the businesses have kept, you know, still the landlord now. So it's, it's yeah,
0: uh, right, right. And in addition, nice in addition to the house you live in, and and that business, do you is real estate a part of your sort of your your business profile? Do you have other th- investment properties?
2: Uh, I just have one. um, So I uh, part of the story that we haven't yet gotten to is that these are all in Denver. I have the house that I lived in in Denver, but I actually moved um, to San Diego. So Uh not only. So I kept that rental house out there, I guess, to answer your question and um, do a little bit of Airbnb uh, stuff with my currents. Nice. Um, Nice. space as well. So, yeah, that's a, great. Yeah, yeah.
1: And the, the that, that was the point I wanted to make is, you know, when you've got a successful small business and then, you know, you expanded it to, you know, the second one, that, that revenue generation and that asset really can help, uh, you know, underlie moving into something where you can buy that building and own it. And, and the SBA has a great program to help you do that. And it, it just really can further you know building wealth for yourself uh, over over time so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so now I want to talk about the whole Colorado thing and, and San Diego. Uh, I, I was always impressed, you know, it's like, ah, this guy, like, you know, I just had this vision, you're on the beach every day, got the cooler, you know, every time I would talk to you, you'd be like, well, I'm down in San Diego and you're running these companies out in Colorado. So uh, how did that, how did you do that? You know, this kind of uh, powerful remote management, you know, what? what how, how did it work and, and what would you tell other people if trying to do it
2: yeah so so to clarify i started out in denver i was doing the max store for uh, several years i moved to san diego in about 2008 um started felt shortly thereafter i moved back and lived out there for about six months to kind of get a good foundation for felt and then came back so the bulk of both of the businesses was run um remotely um in part that was circumstances of life. And in part that was intentional. I, I really, uh, you know, I read the four hour work week. I don't know if you guys have, have oh, yeah, read yeah. That, Timothy Ferris's book. Yeah. Um, it really resonated with me. I was really kind of drawn to that kind of, you know, flexibility and lifestyle. And, um, so been running, you know, not only two businesses, but two businesses uh, remotely for the bulk of the last 10 years or so. Um, Definitely a different gig than being hands-on and took me a while to kind of uh, figure that out. I love really that it forces you um, to work on the business and not just in the business. And I think that's a key uh, mistake that a lot of business owners make. They get in the trenches and they're answering the phones and turning the screws and, and doing the work. But ultimately you're kind of doing this, this, you know, $10 an hour work. Uh, for a good portion of your day instead of the thousand dollar an hour work that's really going to grow your business and, and, and uh, you know, take things so, to the next
1: yeah, level. Yeah. And I, I want to stop you there because that's such a good point. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I love that uh, forced, you know, to step away because you're remote and a you know, in another state uh, and, and that, you really, you know, requires you to have that hands off and to think about it. And that's, that's just a, that's powerful, man. I like really that. Yeah. I like that
0: $10 an hour versus thousand dollars an hour. Pick which one you want to do and pick which one you want to pay somebody else to do. There you go. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Sad, very easy,
2: you know, on paper and so many yeah. people just don't do it very well. And so I, you know, I love that that kind of forces you, you know, at the same time, I, the downside, obviously, is you miss, you know getting in the trenches i enjoyed mac computers and fixing stuff and you know the social aspects of owning a bar and stuff like that so sure. there you know certainly some downsides to it but i think it was uh you know helpful to to uh grow the businesses and keep them you know on track i think it made it much easier to sell the businesses absolutely as well yeah um and you know if you you know, if there's any weaknesses in your business, they're going to get exposed if you're not there, you know, on the day to day, to kind of fix and patch the holes and plug the, the holes in the dike, you know, so to speak. Your uh, with it's your systems, your are hiring, your training processes, all of that stuff. So for me, you know, it was about laying a good foundation. Uh, Creating good systems, you know, to track inventory and and ordering processes and and all of that. Good procedures, making sure we were hiring good staff um, and really getting out of the way of the the staff. I made the mistake, I think, early on of kind of um, micromanaging a little too much. You know, hired a good manager, solid guy. I was very impressed with the guy, you know, but then I just you know, hounded him a little too much. Like, this is what we need to do, do this. Don't forget this, do this, do this, do this. And it took me a while to kind of find that sweet spot of, you know, you want to stay in, in, in the loop. You want to know what's going on. You want to, um, you know, make sure that, uh, you're keeping things, you know, they're keeping things on track and all that stuff. so true. We've talked about,
0: We've talked about that quite a bit on the show here that, you know, you can go too far in the other direction, too. And and, you know, if you're if you're someone like most of us who could easily be a micromanager, it's easy to say, ah, I won't be that. And then suddenly, you know, you're you're clear on the other side of that sweet spot and you're not controlling the things that really should be controlled and and, and molded and and that sort of thing. So, yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, Smart, man. Yeah. I kind of did both, both extremes, and kind Same. of you know at some yeah. point I was two hands off. Yeah. I had a lot of stuff going on, you know, personal life and stuff, and, yeah. and two hands off, uh, and that wasn't good, obviously, and, and yeah, being two yep. hands on, so it was and- it was definitely a, a balance. So. Yeah, you did find you find?
1: It. Yeah, yeah, and, yep. and did you find that you know getting a key person made all the difference, or was it more kind of spread out with the, the you know the the staff and the team that was there um, that that made it. Uh, possible, you know, to, to live remotely.
2: Yeah. I think the key really is your manager. Obviously everything kind of revolves around them and, and they're only going to execute as well as they're, you know, empowered to and able to, you know, skill wise. So you got to find somebody that you really, you know, resonate with that understands your values as a, as an owner for the business, your priorities, your goals, uh, and, you know, has the, the vision and the ability to kind of see that through. Um, and you know, I certainly had a, a mix of that. I, it, uh, again, took some time to kind of find. Oh, sure. Well, part you of know, that. You know, together.
0: Part yeah. of that, I find, I mean, you you tapped onto a really good thing there that, you know, you need to find a manager that can see your vision. But you also have to be able to articulate and communicate your vision in a, in a way that that manager can truly, you know, like has a chance to see it. So that's. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Very important to kind of yeah, yeah. reiterate yeah, uh, we we had one principle of like you know having making sure customers had exceptional experiences you know so that was kind of my my go to phrase and and you know really trying to have the the manager get that have the staff embody that and um you know articulating those things was was uh, an important part of it um
1: yeah, that's your I, I don't know what your next uh, you know what you're doing next here but you know that's your book man is to, you know, sharing <laughs> that experience of managing you know businesses in other states on a, on a small business level that, that's a, a rare uh, skill set that i think uh, you would be uh, you know people would love to learn about it yeah, yeah it's
2: been an interesting definitely an interesting experience um that's cool. You know, another, another important element was, was you know, trust, but verify kind of learn the hard way. You know, you, you have people out there and there's a lot of room for abuse, obviously, if you're not watching them, you know uh, like a hawk. So I, you know, I had definitely some bad experiences with even close friends sometimes, you know, as, as uh, a manager and, and you find out they're, you know, skimming or, uh, and, yeah. and so really making sure you've got, you know, the, systems in place to keep track of the stuff that you don't want to have to keep track of, but you, you need to, you know, you just never know with people. So yeah. that was, that was an important, uh, for sure for sure elements. Yeah.
0: Hey guys, I am going to take a break here and, uh, and talk about our first two sponsors of this episode. Is that all right with you, Shannon? Yeah, it sounds great. All right. Our first sponsor today is text expander. At textexpander.com slash podcast, where you can go to get version 6.5 of the utility that Shannon and I both say we cannot live without. Text Expander 6.5 for Mac OS and Text Expander 2.0 for Windows are out now. And they've added a new visual editor for your snippets. So we've always talked about how Text Expander lets you create these large blocks of text or take these large blocks of text perfect them and then invoke them at a keystroke or a click of a mouse and that's awesome what's really cool is that you can have it auto insert things like the date or tomorrow's date or all sorts of stuff previously though you had to use like you know percent y for the year and things like that and you had to remember that well now you can do all that visually dragging it in and it makes it way easier because you can see what your options are and you can see what they're going to be. If you come back to a snippet in six months, you're like, what is percent? Why doesn't matter. Now you can just see year and it puts it in like a little bubble. It's awesome. Really, really makes life easier on top of how it already made life easier. You've got to check it out. Go to textexpandercom slash podcast. And that's where you're going to go to download Text Expander, get signed up, and get 20% off your first year because you're a small business show listener. Textexpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to Text Expander for sponsoring this episode. We've talked on the show here about how important it is to prioritize the customer service relationship. When you run a small business, your customer touch points need to be optimal from start to finish, to ensure that every potential lead becomes a satisfied customer. That's why we're really happy to have partnered with our sponsor, Abbey Connect, who can do this for you. Abbey Connect's team of incredible, friendly customer care professionals provides a level of service that is virtually unheard of these days. They offer you over 100 hours of phone coverage per week at a fraction of what it would cost to hire another full-time employee. They answer your phone for you professionally the way you need them to, and they handle your customers like they're their own. And that's the magic of Abby Connect, and we're super impressed about it. They put that personal touch right back into customer care. What do we say all the time? Every business is the customer service business. Well, talk to your customers. And if you can't, you can have Abby Connect do it and be your front lines. And the results speak for themselves. Just go read the reviews and you'll see what a difference Abby Connect has made for so many businesses over the past 14 years. And we have a deal for you. If you go to abbyconnect.com SBS, you can get first a no obligation free trial. Second, after your initial trial, you get 95 bucks off your first bill. But the only way to do that is to go to abbyconnect.com slash SBS. Let me spell it for you. It's A-B-B-Y Connect.com slash SBS. Our thanks to Abbey Connect for sponsoring this episode. All right, Shannon, back to you. Awesome. Right on, man. So, uh,
1: Joseph, they, they seem like completely different businesses, you know, pool and bar, other than being in the same, you know, uh, you know building locations a so pool and bar apple reseller any, any similarities or you know did you share any resources between the two businesses
2: you know at first glance obviously they're pretty different businesses you got you know service industry and um and a retail mm-hmm. business, essentially, you know, the Mac Store. I guess since we we didn't get into that exactly, but yeah, you know, we similar to what you were have been doing in your past, buying and selling Mac computers, fixing Mac computers, just really on a retail basis. That we weren't doing the mail order kind of yeah. stuff that you were doing. So, um, pretty straightforward retail business. Um, you know, obviously being in the same building, we tried to share. You know, I had same. You know. Camera server and then just you know where we could you know internet access and, huh. and stuff like that. Obviously, I um, uh, I'm a big FileMaker developer, database oh, yeah. developer That's guy, great. so I'm kind of a nerd. So I you know used some of that stuff between the two.
0: Um, I think I think you I think there are three people here with uh, without FileMaker. I don't know that any of us would be in business. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that is true. Sponsor.
1: Yeah, I'm staring at the filemaker database right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just there's no way to to manage everything uh, without them. So yeah, fantastic product
2: for sure. Yeah. Um, free plug there. Uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, at the, you know, different businesses for sure, you know, the service industry staffs, you know, their wages are paid almost more by your customers than you. So, you know, there I really worked to to foster this idea that, that, you know, creating those exceptional experiences for the customer is going to directly reward, you know, the, the staff member, um, the retail store, we didn't have commission. So it was more just about training them, you know, to embrace that, uh, principle, but it was, uh, you know, both staff's kinda a little lower end staff, I guess you could say. You know, people aren't usually like, oh, I want to be a career waitress or yeah, I want to sure. work at a retail counter, you know. So the, the the fundamentals of the business I think were very similar in kind of an odd way. You know, you wanted to keep track of your inventory, whether it's your your computers or or your your liquor mm-hmm. uh you know you want a staff that's focused on service giving your customers great experiences making them feel important you want a good you know product making sure the the computers you're selling are well tested in good shape or or the you know the burrito or the pizza you're selling tastes great you know so um you know i kind of from a fundamentals point of view they were um similar i guess in, in more ways than you would okay. kind of uh, you know, thank you for finance. Yeah, makes
1: sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So let's talk about the Mac outlet a little bit. That's how we got involved, uh, or a previous you know Mac company that we you yeah. uh, had. But uh, uh, you know, over 15 years in in the Apple business, you know, and probably like tech restore and you know my uh, company before that. You know, things change all the time. New products, entirely new platforms, things you you know you build a whole part of your business on just kind of eventually disappear. I mean, did you? focus on uh you know keeping change as part of the culture there at mac outlet or was it just kind of forced upon you and you just adapted over time i think you know you
2: you recognize that there is you know change obviously in the in the high-tech industry you're going to have you know new products and and new you know stuff coming out all the time um at our store, we were selling stuff, maybe that was, you know, up to 10 years old. One of our kind of angles was, you know, you don't need the latest and greatest thing necessarily, you know, sure. we would you know, what's your budget? What are your needs? Hey, maybe you only need a, an eight year old computer. That's, you know, 300 bucks. Um, and that's going to work fine for you. So there was, um, you know, not this kind of solely, you know, living on the, on the bleeding edge, if anything, we were kind of looking, and would almost have to train new staff. Yeah, about that's a great Some niche. of the older stuff. Yeah, it, it really, yeah, because the Apple stores do a great job of, you know, giving you the the, the new stuff and, and selling you on the idea that you need the new stuff. So we were kind of the, the opposite of that. Um, I think for us, you know, and, and the nice thing about the Mac store, obviously, is the people that are drawn to that typically are already fans of the product. They're already using it uh, personally, typically, and they're, you know, so it's easy enough to get them to kind of naturally stay up to speed with, you know, the latest and greatest stuff that's coming out. For me, I think the bigger challenges um, along the way of, you know, doing this in one form or another for almost 25 years now is was just the the broader markets. Things like the, you know, the rise of eBay was a huge, um, you know, change uh, back in the back in the 90s when we were doing this Um, and. You know, still today can be, you know, a useful thing, can be an awful thing and trying to find how to leverage it in a positive way, whether it was buying stuff uh, from there. You know, we started using it as a supply option. Uh, in a lot of uh, ways and kind of changed our model a little bit from stocking all of these parts and inventory and stuff that we're devaluing, you know, every day and every you know time Apple yeah. came out with a new nice. product, bam, everything's, you know, 10, 20, 30% cheaper than it was yesterday. Um, so kind of that just in time inventory um, idea and uh, well, eBay was, you know, a useful tool f- for that. And as well, you know, selling stuff. I mean, it's crazy. The, the junk you can get that's been sitting on your shelf forever. Yeah, that's fantastic. And yeah, you throw it on eBay or something like that, you know? So um, I think just kind of, yeah, adapting to that was kind of the bigger.
1: Nice. So, okay. So let's talk about uh, selling the businesses. Uh, What made you decide that it was the right time? I mean, were you planning? Was this part of your master plan as you were laying on the beach there in San Diego? Or was it, uh, you know, did it, did it, things just kind of happen naturally uh, for you?
2: Yeah, it was definitely was in the back of my head that it was something I I wanted to do. And, you know, it was kind of increasingly so. I think that was born a little bit of just wanting a change of pace, a little bit of kind of being burned out with the limitations of, you know, you can only do so much remotely. And so I felt like I had grown the businesses, um, you know, to a certain point, but that for them to kind of go to the next level would require somebody who is a little bit more, um, hands-on and, you know, between being spread thin between the two, uh, a little bit, it was, it was definitely, um, you know, it. it felt like time to time to do it. And, you know, obviously when you're selling a business, you want, I think, ideally to be, uh, it on a profitable Uptick, you know rather yeah. than in a in a failure kind of situation so you know you, you know you have a little bit ups and downs and stuff so it really kind of worked to get things uh, up you know revenue wise profitability wise and stuff so the timing was good um some of it was born of, of like the max store my manager said hey i'm i'm thinking about moving on and i Thought to myself, you know, do I want to do this yet again? Hiring this new guy, training the new guy, you know, getting them up to speed, and and uh you know, I just felt like, yeah, this is uh, maybe a good time to yeah to look at selling it. Yeah. So that's know so,
0: that's an interesting thing, though. You, you know, for someone, I like, guess, I mean, certainly like me, but like many of us small business owners, if you're there, you know, it's hard to to detach and and let it go, you know, even if on paper, it makes sense to sell it, you, yeah. you, you know, you were physically detached from it, but that also, as you said, you know, kind of becomes a part of your sales pitch, like, Hey, look how well this is doing. And I'm way over there. If you're right here, you're going to be able to grow this thing. And and you know, it's not a lie. It's true. You show how this thing can be on its own. And now, you know, you've got a nice opportunity for somebody there. That's, that's a pretty yeah, good Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. yeah Yeah. made it very easy yeah for sale
1: so uh, So did you uh, kind of leads to my next question about uh, seeking outside buyers or you know uh, the process did you use a business broker or did you wind up uh, selling the business to that manager convincing him to stay how did it all come together
2: yeah um i you know i talked to some brokers initially um i am kind of a hopeless do-it-yourselfer and so (laughs) i was like well you know i can probably do what these guys are doing there's no magic you know to this it's just getting the word out doing the negotiation and stuff i enjoy that aspect and the creative elements that you know come into play um with that so i thought i'll give it you know a shot on my own and, and see how it goes and if i don't have any you know luck that's always a a backup option. So um with the Mac store I did, you know, discuss with my manager um, you know, doing it, uh buying it. He was interested, but he was a little reluctant as far as the future, um, viability of certain elements, uh, you know, this is one when we talk about change or whatever. And I, I kind of agree timing wise, you know, the repair business, as you well know, is evolving and, and Brutal. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. are these things still going to be fixable to the yeah. degree that they are, you know, in five years or something. And so that for me was a little bit of impetus to maybe get out for him. That was a big concern. And so we kind of went around a bit and, uh, but he kind of, you know, was just feeling like he, he wasn't willing to pay remotely what I wanted to you know, it, get yep. for it. So that kind of fell out. So I just, I used a website called bizbysell.com, uh-huh. um, which just, it's a flat fee. It's, you know, three, four, five hundred bucks, something like that. And you put up your info and, you know, they've got all the people um, that subscribe to the, to the new listings. And um, yeah, both were... were Pretty
1: straightforward. That's awesome. Uh, deals, yeah, yeah. I like that do it yourself. I'm, I'm, you know, similar. I like to see if you can figure it out. And uh, yeah, save the ten percent too. Yeah, I mean, never, never, hurts. Definitely. So, so does, does it? I mean, is it weird now that you don't? Do you feel weird not having these businesses? I know after <laughs> uh, I've sold a couple as well, and it's I'm always like looking around, going, okay, now what? You know, and especially right. recently where <laughs> you know we they moved the business to another state and all this kind of stuff, and and you're like, what now? I mean, what, what's next for you?
2: Yeah, it's definitely, you know, a little surreal. You're like, is my phone on? Is it? Is That's it? <laughs> not, not, I'm not getting texts. I'm not getting calls. Uh, so yeah, definitely been an adjustment. Um, but a nice one for me, probably less jarring because I wasn't doing the, you know, wake up and get into the office at 8am yeah, so. and work till six every day. So it's, it's a little bit less, um, uh, you know of a shake up there for me right now, you know, I I sold felt about a year ago. I sold the Mac store uh, right at the end of last year. So it's still fairly uh, new. I feel like the opportunities in life to kind of just stop and, and smell the roses a little bit and, and, and learn and explore and reflect, are kind of few and far between, you know, we are always doing the next thing and diving in and, and tackling the, 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 the projects and, and um, you know, which is great, but I, I feel like that's a rare opportunity. And so I, I want to kind of protect it. And so I've just been, you know, taking care of myself, going to the gym, doing some meditation, just reading, learning, you know, and just kind of being open to, to the next thing. So I've yeah. got, you know, a few ideas, bopping around in my head. I love what you guys are doing as far as helping, you know, small businesses and stuff. So I've thought about, you know, maybe getting into some consulting and work like that. Um, and then I've got a few, you know, billion dollar ideas where you're like, <laughs> you know, I'm getting kind of older. Like this is maybe my last shot. Should I go for it and kind of do the, you know, the, the moonshot idea? So, that's not, that's um, great. But yeah, I think it will
1: unfold. Uh, yeah, I, I commend you uh, for, you know, taking a breath and uh, uh, stopping. It's as, as a challenge uh, to you know yeah. you've been involved in stuff. Um, let, let me, was there anything that really surprised you during the sale? Or, or did things just kind of go, go smoothly and, uh, you know, you just kind of knocked it out of the park, <sighs> uh, you know, with no problems?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've... I've uh owned and sold and tried to sell both successfully and unsuccessfully enough businesses to kind of know there's a few traps. Um, the biggest one of which is kind of it ain't done until it's done. Uh, you know, so I I had with the the felt sale, initially a buyer and we were negotiating and everything looks good and had all the paperwork drawn up and the lawyer reviewed it. And I was flying out to sign the deal and then boom, stops responding to my texts and like what's going on. Come to find out she'd bought a whole nother, uh, bar. Ah. Um, so, uh, you know, but I had known going in, you know, that lesson and the challenge really is, 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 you know, when you've got one foot out the door, keeping the business going effectively is important and requires some discipline. Cause you're, you're like, Oh, I'm going to be done. And and so you're thinking, you know, maybe I won't worry about this or won't worry about that. But then when things kind of, things fall apart, then you're scrambling to, to course correct and get back on track and, and stuff. So I really, um, yeah, that, know, that and, seems,
1: that seems like a really uh, important lesson to keep, you know, keeping your eye on the ball during the entire process, because you just don't uh, know how things are going to work out.
2: Yeah, it's very easy to, to yeah. think, oh, it's done. I'm just going to kind of let it coast. Oh, and you, you can do that. Out,
1: it's, yeah. it's great, you know, but, man, if it falls apart, then you're, yeah. Oh, Dave and I, I have both been, been there. <laughs> 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 Together, <laughs> in fact. Gosh. Gosh. <laughs> One time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah, that's a lesson
0: sure. that, that, that you learn and don't forget. So yeah. Yep. yep Yeah. For
1: sure. Yeah, for sure. For All right, sure. cool. So let, let me ask you a question. We, you know, we always ask everybody this question that comes on the show. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of mistakes as I, I've made so many of them in you know, my career and learned so much from them. You know, it, if there was one mistake that really taught you the most during your you know, careers, uh, owning these small businesses, what, what do you think that would be? Oh, one mistake. That's... I I know you probably haven't made very many.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Dozens. How much time do we have for this show? Um, (laughs) You guys are going to run out of recording tape or whatever. Yeah, that's Um,
1: right.
2: Yeah, you want to alphabetically? Um, Biggest mistake. I would say one huge thing that I think it took me far, kind of embarrassingly long to figure out... Um, you know, as a, as a small business owner, you're always kind of got your eye on the bottom line, right? You're worried about profits and expenses and all of that stuff. And one of your biggest expenses is payroll for you know a lot of businesses. And... So I would always kind of play this game of, you know, you'd talk to, you'd find the guy you want to hire and then it was come time to salary negotiate. And, you know, where do you want to be, you know, salary wise? And they would give you a figure, you know, whatever it is, 25 an hour, let's say. And I would say, well, how about we start you at, you know, 23 an hour and we'll see how it goes and, and kind of, you know, uh, you know, work you up to that or something, you know, trying to kind of get people a little bit on the cheap, um, and, you know, on the one hand, you're looking at it and like, boy, if I, you know, if I pay everybody in this, in this building, an extra dollar an hour for individually, that's not that much, but it's going to add up and, you know, it's going to, it's just going to kill my, my profitability. Um, and, and so that was kind of my justification for it. You know, I controlling costs and, and, um, but it really, you know, what I really realized was it's so easy for an employee to, you know, cost you an extra $10 an hour or conversely make you an extra $10 an hour by just their attitude and, and how well they're, they're doing. And so it's, it's an investment in that employee. It's, it's scary at first to say, you know, yeah, fine, I'll pay you this or I'll pay you more than, than that. Um, you know, with my last manager and I said, hey, what do you want to make? He said, he gave me a figure that was 50% more than my previous manager had been making. And I did that. And I said, you got it. Huh. It was the best decision that I made because he was then he didn't have that, you know, at the back of his head, like, oh, you know, I'm not paid enough. What if, you know, maybe if I was over at this other uh, business, I'd be making more money or I used to make more money here or whatever. So really trying to take that off the table and really take care of people and really be generous uh, with your staff um, is is tough when you're when you're feeling, you know, pressured Um uh financially but it i I firmly believe you know yes some employees will take advantage of that maybe and you're kind of overpaying them in that situation but i think on the whole 80 percent or you know or so of your employees if you've done a good job hiring them and you do a good job you know training them and 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 defining your vision and and uh, you know it's it's going to come back to you yeah that's um, great uh, multiple times so makes
1: sense yeah, yeah, that's great. And it's, so, the, the way they feel definitely impacts their, uh, their attitude and their performance and all that stuff. So I, I, yeah, I, that's really good. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's a great story, man. Uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I commend you on uh, your success and going through the whole process. Uh, I- any other tips, you know, I mean, we, we've got, a, you know, thousands of small business owners out there listening, anything else that you would, you know, that you could drop uh, You know, t- piece of advice to them that would help them, you know, have the same kind of success that you've had?
2: Um, I think, you know, we kind of discussed it a little bit earlier. I think, uh, you know, I did an exercise many, many years ago where I literally spent two or three days literally like tracking in like 15 minute increments, how I was spending my day, you know, on the phone doing this, whatever. And then I went back and I put, you know, is this $10 an hour work? Is this $20 an hour work? Is this $1,000 an hour work? And you know, very illuminating project, obviously a little bit of a hassle to, to, to spend a couple of days doing that and, and logging everything, but you really get a, a crystal clear snapshot of like what you're doing, um, throughout the day and, and realizing how, uh, much time you're spending on, on ridiculous work and, and whether, you know, and then realizing maybe you should be hiring somebody to, to do that. And again, it's, well, maybe I can't afford that or whatever, but realizing that, you know, it's the thousand dollar an hour work where your business is going to grow. It's going to become more profitable. And if you're freed up to, to do that, I think it's uh, it's tremendously, uh, you know, helpful. So yeah. Just yeah, doing that exercise.
0: That's a good way to I hack think- your brain, yeah. man. You know, you, yeah. hack, yes. you hack your brain and, and then, and then it's easy, right? Cause now it doesn't take discipline. You're just, you, you know, it's the right thing to do. So Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah right. I think the other thing I've, i you know, I've really encourage people to do is, is whether you do it or not, take on the project of looking at what it would take to be an absentee owner, pretend almost like you're, you're going to do this. I think it's very helpful as your business um, grows, you know, you're creating kind of an owner's manual in a sense for your business. It makes you evaluate your systems, you know, it's, it, it, whether it's tracking your inventory your orders, um, you know, really defining and thinking through your processes and your values as a company and all of that stuff. Uh, it's very helpful. I think, you know, like the, when I was doing the bar restaurant, you know, you could go through the kitchen and, you know, I just had the, the, Cook, you know, just do inventory and kind of eyeball stuff and, you know, just you know, this is what we need. This is what we need, you know, but realizing, hey, you know, we, there's a better way here. We need to create a system that so if this, cook, you know, quits tomorrow you know, I can just plug anybody in here and, and it's much more accurate and that sort of thing. So, you know, really looking at your systems in that way and like there's things that you kind of just take care of yourself. But it, it you know, to, to make your business a little more sophisticated sure. uh, and, and a little better able to grow and maybe eventually sell. I think that's, yeah. you know, a, a worthwhile project. It's
0: smart. Yeah. It's,
1: it's kind of like that. You know, there's that there's that phrase. You should run your business like you're going to try to sell it tomorrow because uh, it forces you to, you know, get things together and, and, and look at all that stuff. So, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think that's great advice. And again, you know, congratulations. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, if, uh, wh- you know, anybody wants to connect with you, uh, can they find you up on LinkedIn or anything like that or what?
2: Uh, I am not, I'm kind of pathetically not much <laughs> online. Um, <laughs> we'll just have them uh, go through uh, us. So
1: you can, you know, if you yeah. have a question for, you know, Joseph feedback at business co, um, or you can come talk in the small business support. Yeah. I'll hop on the I'll, on the forum, yeah, cool. myself known there, so that, yeah, that would be great. And that's at uh, businessshow.co slash Facebook. And
0: thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, and thanks so much for coming on, Joe. This is awesome. Yeah, my, pleasure. Really, yeah, really my pleasure. Really, really great. Yeah, cool, folks. We will see you next week. Keep living that charmed life.